You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Now today, uh, I'm going to be focusing and my profile will be on the Catch the Fire uh, church here uh, locally in in Poole. And a number of folk from the church are going to help me. In this first hour, uh, David Richards uh, joins me. Good morning to you, David. Good morning, Blair. For people who don't know, the, the Father's Blessing happened, I, I can't believe that it was way back in, uh, in 1994, but for, the, for people who have no idea what we're talking about, what, what was the Father's Blessing? Yes, um, it was uh, John and Carol Arnich, uh, which people may have heard of, um, they had a church in Stratford, Ontario, um, and eventually they church planted into Toronto, where it was John's home, and... Um, this story is in October 92, they decided to dedicate every morning uh, to prayer and fasting and uh, spending time with, with God. Um, and um, in November 93, they went to Argentina where Ed Silvestro was there um, and Claudio Friedson and the revival in Argentina at the time. And Claudio said to John and Carol, uh, do you want the anointing? And John and Carol just said, yes absolutely want that anointing and uh they let put their hands out and received uh from claudio fries and that anointing um and then um coming up to 94 which you mentioned blair there's a vineyard conference where randy clark was actually on fire so john and carol said to randy can you come to toronto uh to you know just to impart what you've got and they he was booked up for a few weeks and then eventually uh, the 20th of january 1994 in a little church in toronto on a thursday night 120 people just got absolutely blasted by the holy spirit so much so that they you know the youth worker came in after the holy spirit had come down just like a pentecost which we just celebrated and she thought everyone had gone home because that everyone was on the floor underneath the chairs with the absolute power and awe of God uh, on them. Uh, and so there was no one that she saw, but the presence, the tangible presence of God just fell on them. And for the next nine years, uh, every evening, there were uh, meetings in Toronto celebrating what the Father was doing there. Um, so that was the start of it in uh, 20th of January, 1994. And I suppose that the best way of, of summarizing it is it was just like the intense presence of God, which of course had a tremendous impact and people were, they responded in so many, many different ways. Uh, but I guess that, that, you know, people were healed from many, many things, from sort of deep hurts. People's relationship, of course, with, with God was renewed many, many things happened during that time it didn't stay of course uh, in in toronto because uh, uh, it had a it had a massive impact in, in the united kingdom some of it not so good um but but, but anyway and what was your view in terms of of how the thing came came our way if you like yeah it was really interesting that um john basically as soon as um as soon as it happened, was on the phone to all of his friends and colleagues from around the world saying, you know, you've got to come over here, something amazing has happened. And so a lot of churches in the UK and their pastors went over to Toronto. Um, and uh, Ken and Lois got to our, our sphere uh, leaders for, for Europe, went over, and they basically received an actual impartation of what was going on there and brought it back and that was Sunderland, back in Sunderland, and the, the, the church was absolutely 
on fine. I think what you mentioned, Blair, about people's, you know, people saw the manifestations uh, and there was a lot of criticism over the manifestations that were going on. People were laughing and crying and shaking and rolling. But actually, when they got off the carpet, you know, from from whatever was happening, they found out, you know, their relationships were restored with their wives and their kids and their families. And the fruit of what happened, if you, you know, look beyond the, the manifestations, the fruit in people's lives was uh, outstanding. And people were spending more time, you know, in the Bible, in the Word, uh, just just communicating with with their heavenly father and so the fruit of what happened was was uh, incredible now of course obviously you heard uh, like myself although i never actually got as far as toronto toronto came to me but that's another story but but you you heard about all of these things and uh, what was going through your head you know where where were you spiritually when all of this started to kick off yeah we were in a Cranley community church uh where we you know, were, were leading uh, various aspects of the ministry there. And um, our pastor, Paul Lynch, and Paul and Liz Lynch were basically encouraging us to go to Shaftesbury, which was a, uh, basically, the, um, the Jacksons had, uh, their leaders there had basically had a encounter. They'd gone over, and they basically were having nightly meetings in Shaftesbury. So we uh, were, were privileged enough to go along there. And I was really fearful, I, you know, to start with, I was really um, apprehensive about this. I didn't want to cry in public. I didn't want to, you know, to fall over. And so you, stuff. Were, you were worried but about I, the manifestations. <laughs> I was, yeah. That was the thing that, that really, um, for me, was, was the major thing. I didn't want to, you know, be exposed. Um, but it was really gentle when, you know, what happened was, I think the father knows the individual and, you know, I think for me, I could always put a stop to it if I wanted to, but actually, I just wanted to yield to whatever he was doing. So, when I, take me back to that to that first journey that you made to Salisbury. Uh, you went obviously full of apprehension and thinking, "My goodness, <laughs> I'm not too sure what to make of all yeah. of this." Uh, what actually mm-hmm. What actually happened? Um, they had worship, which was great, um, and then somebody spoke, and then everyone stood up. Um, and we basically um, were prayed for. And I just felt, you know, I felt like someone was pushing me. But when I opened my eyes, there was nobody, you know, within uh, that kind of range from me. So I knew that it was God. So I just, just, you know, just fell backwards. And that was it. And then afterwards, I was, um, I just felt, a, a, you know, a lightness in my spirit, which I hadn't had for years. It's like something had come off um, me. I don't know what it was, but um, we just just said, if if this is you, we just want more of it, and then we just pushed into it. So it was a, a pretty much a life changing experience. I, I I know that uh, you know when when I first went myself into uh, into sort of a revival, which was in Pensacola. You remember long before, yeah, uh, yeah. But I, but I remember thinking to myself, I, I felt like a thirsty man in the middle of a desert. Mm. Uh, you know when I went, but actually uh, I, I, the the cool water of the experience was amazing. Mm. Was that like was the same was it the same for you? Uh, you know in, in Salisbury, your first taste of of the Father's blessing. Yeah, it was, um, you know, I didn't think anything had happened, but then, you know, um, we can talk about the, the journey over when we stayed there for six months, but I think the more I uh, surrendered to it and absorbed what was going on in my own life and reflected, I was spending more time with God, um, 
you know, and it, it had actually changed um, my life and my perspective on on life. And that was just one encounter. Uh, and then, you know, you just have to, you know, like a thirsty man always gets thirsty again, you have to go back and keep drinking. And for me, it was a continue, I need to get back, you know, and continue to drink. Well, of course, that was to take you to, as a big thing, of course, uh, giving up what you were doing here at home. You were, you've already said you were heavily involved, and you, you give that up to, to go to, uh, to Toronto. Did you go deliberately to join what was, beca- what was called the, the School of Ministry? Yes, we did. Um, yes, it's a, it's, a, it's a story, yes. We, um, we were, I had a business at the time, a surveying business, which was... Uh, running really well very successful um we we had a lovely home in bournemouth uh we you know i think if if our friends were to look at me and adele um obviously my my wife they would think that we had everything going for us but actually there was a there was an emptiness inside of us um and we just felt desperate for you know for you know the more that there was for us so you know in 2001 um we decided to um, set up and give stuff away and basically just to, to give ourselves completely into whatever he had for us. So in, um, so yeah, 2001, we uh, entered the, what was called the school, the, the school of the heart in Toronto, which is a five month school Four so four months was um, just, uh, you know, absorbing everything that we had, they had. And then, so the last month we were on outreach, which we went to France and Germany uh, from Toronto, which is ironic flying over the UK. But we, yeah, that was um, something we just felt hungry that, you know, we, we just needed a, a, a change in our lives. And so, you know, 2001, we went over to the School of Ministry in Toronto and uh, uh, the rest, as they say, is history. So looking back now to those, those months that you did and the mission, of course, uh, uh, that you did, uh, would you say that it was then a defining moment, you know, not just in your, in your spiritual life, but in, in every aspect of your life? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, completely. There's a complete paradigm shift uh, that happened in us uh, when we were over there from, from being quite, you know, um, as, as I say, we had a successful business which we sold, uh, we had a, a lovely house which we sold, um, and you know we were basically coming from you know ground zero effectively, and we we just had uh, a hunger within us to say whatever happens, it's it's um, you know we're happy with it. We bought we bought a return ticket, but we didn't know where we were going to be after after those five months. Mm-hmm. Um, and the teachings were the teachings that we received were just. I'd say life-changing. Um, the first four weeks were really fundamental for us, but yeah, it was uh, it was incredible. And today I'm profiling the work of Catch the Fires uh, Ministry, and, uh, and my very special guest in this hour of the programme is uh, is David Richards. Uh, and uh, he, you heard him say in the first uh, part of the programme there about how effectively give up everything, having been impacted by the Father's blessing, to go to School of Ministry in in, in Toronto. David, when you, when you got to Toronto, tell us something about the, the curriculum, you know, in, in the actual course itself. Was it, was it an intensive four-month period and then you went, you went on field ministry? Yeah, um, yes, it was intensive, but not f- as you would imagine intensive. So we, uh, so, yeah, it's interesting, we, we came into the School of Ministry um, 
the age group was between 18 and 35, and I crept in by the skin of my teeth on the upper age limit, I'd have to say. <laughs> uh, and uh, so uh, we were with a bunch of 18, to, primarily 18 to 25-year-olds. Um, so it was a really interesting dynamic, but we very quickly realized that a lot of these, you know, particularly the Americans, uh, had such a grounding in the, the stuff that was already being taught that we were, we tended to be behind. So, you know, we were, we were doing a lot of catch up, I'd say. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of paradigm shifts, which um, I'll talk about. So there were 66 students in a drafty warehouse um, in Toronto uh, with, you know, water leaks coming in. So there, it was not glamorous at all. <laughs> um, we were woken up by the worship drummer uh, practicing his drums every morning. And, you know, so it from from living in a very nice house to living in a warehouse, uh, I wouldn't have swapped it for the world, Blair. It was an amazing I think, experience. I think we're calling but, it major yeah. culture shock. <laughs> <laughs> it was a major culture shock. Yeah, we call it, it. It was in Marmac Drive, this, this uh, very close to where the church is, uh, and so we we aptly named it Marmac Palace. Um, but it was it was a life changing experience. But we so so for the first, it was intensive, but um, the the intensity for me was was not being, you know, I'm type A personality. I want to be busy, and they were, you know letting us rest and putting time in for you know just soaking and spending time with God uh, which I found incredibly difficult to do because you know I just wanted to be up and doing something and they were making us you know uh, just be quiet and but you know I said to Adele I talk about the the quite the uh, subjects but I said to Adele after you know, two to three months, I said, I don't, you know, I don't feel anything's changed. She's like looking at me as only a, a wife can said, oh, you've changed massively. And there was, you know, the more time I spent soaking and just letting uh, the the spirit just, just work on my heart. It's like my, you know, someone was taking my heart out and cleaning it and then putting it, carefully putting it back in. So those times were really precious. So the first four weeks was what we called the um, the core values, which really for me and Adele, we're, we're massively passionate about, even now in terms of Catch the Fire Bournemouth and all the Catch the Fire churches, we just want these values um, to be known by people because they changed our lives. So the four of them, um, the first one is intimacy and hearing God's voice. Um, the teaching is based around Mark Berkler, um, who was a Baptist minister, very left brain, very analytical, uh, wanted to find out for himself how to hear from God. And, you know, people were just, he'd go to these people, oh, you'll just know, you'll just know. Uh, and he's like, I don't. So he spent six <laughs> months away trying to find out how to hear from God. And he read this fairly, you know, random passage in Habakkuk 2, verse 1 and 2, about, you know, standing on the watch and stationing himself on the ramparts and from that that passage he basically had these four keys to hearing god's voice which he's taught around the world and we've taught around the world which is basically be still fix your eyes on jesus uh tune to the spontaneous flow of the spirit and then write down what you uh, are hearing there's obviously lots more behind it about checking it with people and make sure it's within the rhythm of you know the bible mm -hmm. and stuff but that that thing for me 
just I could hear from God for the you know not for the first time but it felt like I could just tap into whatever he was saying at any time so the intimacy was the first thing that massively impacted me and then the father's love which was you know that the whole thing was about the father's blessing and um the the messages that we we got and what actually came into my spirit on the father's love was just so impactful um just realizing that you basically uh, view god through a lens of your own experiences in life whereas actually he's he's a perfect father and he loves us intently and that you know when you get to when that comes into your spirit it just changes everything um, and then the third one, so the first one's intimacy, the second one's father's love, the third one was healing life's hurt. So as you go through life, you get you know hurt along the way, and there's things like forgiveness that you need to give, uh, judgments that you've had, uh, inner vows, you know, you've got hearts of stone, uh, basic trust issues, and generational sins and iniquities that come down. The, the lines and um, you know getting rid of all the junk that's been accumulated through your experiences of life and that was an intense massively intense week for me uh, but you know I felt so much lighter at the end of it and the last week uh, was ministering in the power of the anointing which uh, looking at the gifts such as prophecy um, laying out of hands physical healing we saw some amazing healings there in Toronto and even back in in Bournemouth we'd see you know healings uh, on a regular basis and to see someone's leg grow or someone who's you know who's blind um, receive their sight and stuff is so massively impactful so those are the four uh, core values which um, we just absorbed in that first in that first uh, month of being there and they are the core values that we we hold um, today. And of course, uh, having, having learned those values, then out you go to minister. <laughs> yeah, put, exactly. Put, yeah, put yes. it to the test. We're teaching that. Yeah, all the way. So we took we on the outreach. We taught that obviously in Germany and France with our you know the team of around thirteen of us, uh, each in different stages. But just to see them ministering in that uh, was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, I must have never got to uh, Toronto. Toronto came to me uh, because mm-hmm. it, I, I think it was before you actually went to Toronto. But John Arnott and Carol came to Bournemouth uh, to do a, a conference, and I actually was the was the press conference uh, during that yeah. time. Our press officer, you know, and I, I had the privilege of actually having dinner with the team uh, each evening and, and eavesdropping to the wonderful conversations and mm-hmm. thinking to myself, "Oh wow!" But it was also a very very painful time really because it was the time whenever the the uh, catch the fire effectively was being born as it came out of the vineyard movement uh, yeah. and it was i know it was a painful time for many many uh, involved but of course now as you look back on 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 that split as it was painful split from the from the vineyard church uh, that of course both the vineyard and indeed the catch the fire movement have taken off haven't they since yeah Yes, yeah, they have. Yeah, the, the, um, when when um, Toronto came out of the vineyard, then John started up the movement that you know the, I'll talk about that later. But the, one of the movements that he formed was Partners in Harvest, which was which was birthed from from that experience. So there were affiliated churches all the way around the world that wanted to be part of what was happening you know, in Toronto and then further into the world. So that was one of the movements that John and Carol formed at that time to 
to bring some unity to that. But as you say, the vineyard has been going strong ever since as well. So we just you know, bless them in everything they stand for and, and what they, they carry as well. This is Hope FM. Well, we've been focusing on the work of, of Catch the Fire and what an exciting story it is. And we're talking in this first hour to David Richards, who is no, actually Vice President. Is that your title of the of the entire Catch the Fire uh, movement of churches? It is. Yes, uh, sounds very grandiose, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> everyone thinks I'm related to uh, Trump, but um, no, it's, it's, it's a kind of Canadian terminology yeah. that they they like to use. It's basically um, Duncan and Kate Smith are the presidents, and then there's two what they call vice presidents, and uh, yeah, me and Adele are one of those couples. So, yes. Now, we, we left you because uh, you obviously had gone through the school and, and changes and uh, then you'd, you'd done some hands-on work uh, in, in, in the field, as it were. And I think we, we pick up the story then as you move to New Zealand. Yeah, so, so we stayed in Toronto for three, um, for three and a half years after we finished the school and I was helping start up, actually, Catch the Fire Ministries. So that was the other expression that John... Um, Arnott had, had created, so he had his partners in Harvest and the Catch the Fire Ministries. At the time, that was a television ministry, um, and we were basically selling soaking kits, uh, which was three CDs just to listen to and some you know, blankets and other stuff uh, on there. Uh, and, but we were also taking those those four core values that I mentioned earlier around the world. So me and Adele were, were flying off to you know, just do weekends of that in the States and back in the UK and Europe. Uh, and then we would take it on the road to, you know, um, we went to Nigeria a couple of times and Far East Russia and uh, into Africa a fair bit. So we were taking those schools on. So it was a great time of just imparting what we'd learned into uh, other leaders around the world. Um, so, yeah, that... After three and a half years, we felt it right to move to New Zealand, as you mentioned, Blair. So we um, knew a couple, James and Denise Jordan, um, who uh, had a ministry called Father Heart Ministries, and we were really impacted by their message and the lives uh, that they lived. So we decided to move out to New Zealand in uh, 2005. Um, and uh, again, I got a, a job out there, and we were just helping with the ministry, and we did some development um property development out there which um was uh, went horribly wrong because it was right in the middle of the uh the crash in um in 2008 2009 and all the investment we put in uh we basically lost absolutely everything we owned um uh which was a really painful experience and came back into the uk in 2008 um with basically the clothes we were standing in we had each other, and uh, our eldest, uh, Honor, was born over in New Zealand, which was great and fantastic. But in terms of what you know, we lost um, everything that we we owned in that in that deal, um, and so came back into into the UK. Um, and again, I got a job with a company up in London, and for the next the next five years, really, I was in what I call the wilderness years, where you know I was just trying to uh, you know work out you know who I was what what had happened and just come to terms with with stuff uh and, but John and Carol Arnott um never stopped um <laughs> never stopped uh ringing us and basically fathering us and 
uh, eventually in 2013, uh, we agreed to start Catch the Fire Bournemouth. Um, and we were so excited, actually. And, you know, we'd never th- really thought we were we were going to have a church or church plant. But in 2013, uh, we started Catch the Fire Bournemouth um, and just trying to encounter God's transforming presence, which is the... Uh, the strapline of Catch the Fire Ministries is to encounter God's transforming presence. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Christian life is one of of highs and lows and all things in between. And and of course, everybody has to work through painful experiences. Clearly, that time in New Zealand and 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 the days that followed that were, were incredibly painful for you. You must have thought, what, what on earth? You know, have we got things wrong here? Uh, yeah. Was it was it a worrying time for you and Adele? Yeah, um, Adele coped with it a lot better than I did. Um, she's a lot wiser than I am, um, and yeah, she, so she she managed to um, cope. I think my coping mechanism was to basically keep myself incredibly busy, uh, and I was falling back into the old traps that um, that I had before I went out to Toronto, and then you know I. I I think the turning point for me is John John and Carol were in they were in Paul somewhere um and basically I went along to their meeting and I just looked into John's eyes and he laid hands on me and I just felt you know the power come through him the love of a father uh and it was life changing I just you know just lay on the floor for an hour uh, after he'd prayed for me and something was going on in my heart again I I just got that reconnection with you know my heavenly father um and you know there was stuff to work through and all the all the stuff that we'd been teaching everybody else we had to you know, continue to apply to ourselves it's that's the the lesson in that is you know you know you can teach it and john arnett used to say uh i'd never follow anyone who didn't walk with a limp <laughs> uh, and and that was our limp i think you know we we came back limping from new zealand uh, and we came back with, you know, um, humility that uh, that was not there before. You know, when before you think I'm, you know, nothing can touch me, and then suddenly when everything is taken away, you realise, you know, you become, uh, you look inside yourself, don't you, to see what what's left. Um, and I was never, I was never angry with God. I was just disappointed with the situation, uh, and you know, I just didn't want to go to church for for a time. Mm. Um, I think yeah. I think it's still very pertinent to many of us uh, today. I think there are, there are many Christians probably who even now, even as they may be listening to us right now, uh, David may be finding themselves in a very dry place. Maybe even where God had done wonderful things in their lives, but but somehow where where they are right now. So in a way, your story is one of great encouragement as we yeah. as we come to the. So there you are. You have that. You have your four. Uh, key values on which you can build on the the yeah. intimacy, taking time to hear God, the the, the Father's love, uh, ministering healing into people's lives, and, uh, mm. and 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 operating in in the in the uh, the power of the anointing. Uh, th- those pillars, that no doubt that was what you set out to build. Catch the fire. Of course, it was catch the fire. Bournemouth initially, wasn't it? Yes, yes, it still is. Yeah, so it's still catch the fire. Bournemouth. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yes, those we taught those <clears throat> to all of our people, and then we run. <clears throat> up to recently, been running midweek courses uh, with basically those four. Um, we call them something different, just to 
to modernize it but those are the four values that we we teach and uh, we've been running midweek courses which we've opened to to the wider not just to the people coming to catch fire bournemouth because we believe so you know passionately that these these values change your life that we've opened out to whoever wants to come along uh, can come along to these midweek courses. Um, we've stopped them this year because a lot of our guys have gone through it. But you know, in the future, we'd we'd look to re-establish those um, those courses again. Now, of course, you initially met in in Bournemouth, didn't you? Uh, in terms of of actual place. Yeah. So we started in the um, <clears throat> the pavilion, the back of the pavilion, the dance studio. Um, and then we moved to uh, Tolbert Heath School. So we started in a smaller room, and now uh, when we can go back and meet again, we're in the Grand Hall in uh, Tolbert Heath. So, yeah, that's where we, we meet on a Sunday. Um, Beth and Louis joined us very soon after we started. In fact, Beth led worship at our first our first meeting when she was heavily pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so we've, we've had a relationship with Beth and Louis uh, really from the get-go. They've got their own story of how they... They ended up in in Bournemouth, which I'll let Louis uh, explain. But we are so blessed to have them as co-leaders with us uh, at Catch the Fire. It's funny actually because when we were preparing for this program, you know, I, I was thinking about we need we need to paint the picture of the early days. And then when I talked to Louis, he, he said, "I think he was twelve, He said, "Yeah." <laughs> I, I thought, well, that's not going to work. <laughs> but, no, that's not going to work. No. But but he's <laughs> but he's certainly caught the fire since. <laughs> <laughs> he has, yeah, he's amazing, yeah, an amazing pastor, but, amazing uh, leader, they yeah, both are. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and then, obviously, you've mentioned through the interview sort of two movements, obviously Catch the Fire, but then obviously Partners and Harvest. How, how, are they, yes. how are they distinguished one from the other? So so up until um, a few weeks ago, there were two different movements. So, uh, But John, a year ago, on in April uh, last year, decided that, he wanted his two movements to combine. Um, they share the same values. You know, they've just operated very slightly differently. So I worked in a team to try and uh, integrate those two movements, which we have now uh, officially done. So the whole movement is still called Catch the Fire, but it incorporates Partners in Harvest, all those other churches that were joining as, uh, in terms of the early days and the Catch the Fire churches, which have been established since. So the whole movement now is around about 100 churches or ministries uh, together. Uh, and, you know, we've, we're in, you know, all over the world. So we've got four spheres that, we, that we're operating. Ken and Lois got from Sunderland are our sphere leaders in uh, the, what you should call it, it's quite a small sphere, Europe, Middle East, and Africa. So they run that sphere. Uh, and then we've got the Oceana sphere, the America sphere, and the Asia sphere as well. So we've got four spheres uh, operating around um, the world. And I guess I say the combined movement uh, is about 100 strong. So if anyone's interested in watching the, the online conference, we're going to have it in Toronto, but we basically put it on, online as a, um, on YouTube called The Surge. Um, so that's the, uh, the, a lot more story behind what I've uh, outlined mm. is on there and, and mm. the, you know, basically the passing over of the overall leadership from John and Carol to Duncan and Kate Smith. Yeah. So, yeah, that's online if you want to watch it. Well, I have actually watched it my, my, myself, and I find it incredibly, uh, incredibly uplifting. It took me back to the to the early days, uh, of course, and it was great to sort of see the passing of the baton on from uh, John and Carol, you know, as you say, to Duncan uh, and Kate. Uh, 
obviously going forward, and, and now you're you're in a, in, in a different place. Uh, you were travelling a lot <laughs> before a certain event happened. As, as you yep. as you as you travelled, and as you look at the position that we all find ourselves in right now in lockdown and so on, and of course something impacting the the whole world. How, how do you see the future? Do, what do you think? What do you think God's up to? Oh, interesting question, Blair. Yeah. Um, the prophecies um, which came out were for a billion soul harvest, which I thought, you know, when you look at a billion souls, it's phenomenal. Um, and then when you look at the, the churches as they existed pre-COVID, um, there's not enough seats in those churches to, to do church in the same way if a billion souls come into the kingdom. So... I don't, you know, I don't believe that sickness is from the Father, but he can allow stuff to happen. Uh, and this, I think, if the enemy meant this for harm, I think it will bring good in terms of the way that people are doing church, the way that we communicate with, with different sectors of the community. I think a lot of what is happening is remodeling the way that we're doing things so that actually the harvest is, is there. Uh, it's difficult, really difficult for us not to meet in person. We love... The, you know, our, our people in our church, we love seeing them, we love being with them. Um, so we are, we are doing church in a different way in terms of Zoom on a, a Sunday. The community groups are meeting via Zoom. And, um, but I think, I think this is a game changer in terms of how, you know, how, you, how we impact the nations. Uh, in some instances, in some of our Cats of Our churches, their, their congregation has effectively um, quadrupled because of online services that they've been having and people, uh, you know, coming into their services uh, through the online platform. So it's a difficult question to answer. And, you know, in five years' time, we will see the fruits of, of what's happened. But, you know, it's it's a game changer, uh, absolutely. And I don't think, you know, in terms of Catch the Fire Bournemouth, that we'll go back to, we'll go, we will go back to meeting, you know, together. But where things are, you know, we're looking at how do we come out of of lockdown. And we've got a church in Iceland who, you know, they they can meet together. Uh, his they've got a church of about 150. His first altar call, basically, uh, 52 people became Christians because because the hunger of the the people now is out there after they've basically had to self-isolate. So, yeah, uh, I'll answer your question in five years' time, Blair, but at the moment, you know, I th I'm, yeah, I'm just are, I'm just writing up. that in yeah. my diary. Hold on a minute, Dave. Which is five years' time, <laughs> time discussing, yeah. looking back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well, uh, well, thanks so much for painting the picture of the, you know, of the, the birth of the movement, indeed, the birth of the of the Bournemouth Catch the Fire Church. I'm looking forward to interviewing uh, Louis and and uh, some of the other guys from the, the church in, uh, as we go forward in this final hour of the program. You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. My focus, of course, today is on the Catch the Fire. Uh, over in Bournemouth now, we're focused. And I'm, I'm delighted to uh, welcome on the programme Matt Powell. Uh, Matt, you're part of uh, the worship team. How, how long have you been part of that team, Matt? Oh, man, um, I think uh, it must be about five years now. I think we've, uh, we were there sort of in the early days at the pavilion. Um, and, yeah, so five years, I suppose. 
Uh, I, having talked to Dave Richards, uh, he was telling me that one of your cornerstones, one of the building blocks, uh, core values of Catch the Fire is, is intimacy, you know, and, and obviously mm. the, added to the Father's lo- uh, love and, and ministering in the power of the Spirit and, and healing life's hurts. But actually, intimacy is very much about about worship it's how, how do you yeah. how do you see it i mean if you what would you say that the principal role of a of a good worship leader is okay um well i i'm going to steal some words from from somebody else um i think it was ray, ray hughes from from over in um in america said um he said that we we sort of create the water for people to walk on if that makes sense yeah. um so i i like to think that we are providing a platform in in order for people to be able to just enter into into his presence and um we just like a good storyteller who puts into words something that you're trying to express you know what i mean i feel yeah, like that's yeah. our role yeah. and it and um it's just to ena- enable that 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 intimacy and closeness for people that that's 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 how i see it anyway <laughs> no well i mean i think i mean obviously there's a there's a big difference isn't there between singing songs in church and and yeah. our whole lives, in a sense, are are, are worship, aren't they? Everything, every, absolutely, everything that we do. But yeah. but obviously, in terms of that special intimacy, uh, you know, uh, yeah, the term that uh, Dave Richards, uh, David Richards, used during the the, the first half yeah. of the program, and I guess you, it's a familiar term to the, you guys in Catch uh, Catch the Fire is soaking. You know, uh, yeah. you, you yeah. do a you, you do a lot of soaking. Now that that isn't standing out in the middle of a thunderstorm, is it? And getting completely <laughs> soaked through to your essentials. <laughs> No, well, it could be. <laughs> yes. I think. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, it's it's a really it's a really interesting thing that um, that that sort of uh, that that allowing your yourself to become still, allowing yourself to to um, become in a place of, of of peacefulness and resting in 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 Him. Um, it just it just allows then God to to be able to minister to you um, and to your spirit directly. Do, do, you, do you know what I mean? Um, I yeah, don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, um, I do. Yeah. Um, but um, but it is, it is it's, it's like uh, meditation, like um, food for the spirit, food for the for the heart. You know, it's it's like God is able to to just um, yeah, just just flood over you with His mm-hmm. love and speak His identity into you and 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 you know that sort of thing. So um, yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of us, I yeah. guess, are on this uh, roundabout of life. Interestingly enough, actually, the uh, the coronavirus, in a very strange sort of way, has got a lot of us off that roundabout. You know, life suddenly yeah. has yeah. come to a, well, not to a halt, yeah. but we're living our lives uh, so differently. We have been for the last eleven weeks, anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, but actually, I guess that the, the, one of the lovely things about 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 soaking and about spending time to worship God is actually taking time out. Just to rest yeah. in his presence. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And and, and I think that's that's one of the one of the, the the threads of gold, I suppose, in in the whole lockdown experience. If you know, if there are, if there's obviously a lot of a lot of sorrow and sadness, and and a lot of people have died. But I think the the coming together of community. I think the the um, the space and time that people have got to to be able to you know look out for each other and take care of themselves as well I think it's it's a much needed um, uh, sort of sigh of relief for the nation if you see what I mean and I really believe that God's working through that um, and and yeah that's that's 
yeah, it's exciting times as well. <laughs> so, so what about you? How, how did how did the the whole catch the fire movement? How did that impact your own life? Oh man, I think I think for me, it's it's a a really uh, convoluted journey for me. I think, but to put it in a nutshell, I think uh, learning how God sees me and my ability to relate to Him, and you know. Um, in a new way and, and sort of going beyond what I've been um, perhaps taught about in the past, but into this intimate relationship of, of him speaking sonship and um, I guess just that, that, um, that belonging and stuff and having been sort of always felt a bit like a misfit throughout, throughout life. I think it, that's really what, what, what pulled me towards him. And I think that that, that was, um, expressed through the catch the fire movement um and and that was you know what drew me towards it and you know you, you have uh, people like dave and adele and, and and beth and louis who are, are so humble with it all that it seems you know it just it kind of they, 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 i get this feeling like they want me to succeed in in life regardless of where i am does that make sense mm, and and, and sense. in my purposes in my purposes with with God, they want they want me to to succeed in that, and they're sort of they're they're, they're encouraging from the sidelines, like you know, like it's 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 great. And I guess just that expression of 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 the reality of Jesus today, you know, to, towards me, has has been what's pulled me towards it. And hopefully, I'm, I'm able to then, you know, give give that out as well, you know, um, to 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 those around me. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, no, it makes, it makes perfect. Uh, so, yeah. so, so, so that's the pull, you know. It's mm. just, it's just the, the 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 flavor of Jesus's heart that I've been I've been able to to um, to just encounter with with Catch the Fire. Now, now probably, probably uh, everything that you're talking about is probably best reflected in in your music. Uh, and I'm I'm, yeah. ho- I'm holding in my hand uh, uh, the uh, the the Tithe Barn Session CD. Uh, yeah, and in a yeah. moment or two, we'll give everybody the opportunity to soak. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. but tell us about uh, how did this album come about? Um, well, it's it's a, uh, it's a an interesting story. I am I'm the first to shy away from being in any limelight, um, <laughs> and um, I I um, have a I live in a village where there's a, a beautiful tithe barn and in there is a, a beautiful piano and um my wife was doing something there and organizing something and it came to being that that she said so the the, the, the lady who looked uh, who, who owns the barn was looking for someone to play the piano just to keep it in tune and keep it working and all that stuff um and so annie i was voluntold to do it really um annie my wife uh said oh my husband might be interested in doing that and so i was given this opportunity to um spend time in this glorious building with a glorious piano in in um in beautiful beautiful peace you know and i find i found that i was able then just to go and and worship on my on the piano and um so yeah so um i i just kind of had that unction that we should be recording it and my wife was 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 in the same you know same feeling and that god was telling us you know you need to get this recorded for um for you know whatever reason that was that was the the the, the main thing was the obedience of, of doing it because he said so um and uh yeah so basically it's an album of of completely spontaneous um 
tracks and it's walked and all it's um, it's pretty uh, it's pretty raw there's not there's not any editing um, to to the sounds and um, it's yeah it's uh, that's 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 what it is and, and it's just me basically um, worshiping through melody um, and instead of song perhaps um, on the piano in, in a secret place in a quiet time you know so it start it starts in a barn with a lovely piano yeah. and and you yeah. you personally worshiping what, did you just play yeah. spontaneously yeah absolutely yeah it's uh, i went there with, with no no plan um i had a friend who was kind enough to to set up some gear and he said all you've got to do is press this button to record and then this button to stop and then that's that and that's about as technology uh, as technolo- technologically advanced as i am so i can cope with that and um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, he made it very easy for me, and that's all I did. So um, I was able to be up there for three days in a cold November, um, just playing and, and just having a glorious time. Really. Now, obviously, other people, because it's in the form of an album now, uh, with uh, yeah, with, yeah. with eight pieces uh, on it. Other people will have heard it. What impact has it been having, uh, uh, you, Matthew? Um, I, I. I've had quite a few people uh, coming coming to me saying I, I had somebody the other day actually saying that it's the sort of the sort of thing you can just put on and it just sort of trickles over and you don't have to think about it um, and I kind of that's almost that almost sums it up really well because that's that's the the job of it I guess is 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 to enable people to become um, uh, in in a place of peace and 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 be able to let, let let god minister to them and you know and maybe people who don't know god yet might might encounter something in it that they that they don't uh, they don't recognize and want to search further you know and, and that's the ultimately the the, the the heart behind it is that people will come to know him um but yeah the feedback has been really good i've had uh, lots of things everything from People saying it makes me cry to people saying it puts my kids to sleep, um, <laughs> and, and you know other people saying you know, how, how lovely it is just to, to listen to, and it really helps them well, engage. You know, well the only way for us to judge it is to listen to it, and you and, and you've got uh, you've you've chosen one track uh, called Fir- yes. First Dance. Why have you? Yes. Why have you gone for this this one? And um, I don't know. I think I think it just the the the, the feeling. Um, that I get from it is just that intimate place with Jesus, which is just Him and me, you know. And um, and I think that is is just an open invitation. And I, and I feel that it's the same for for everybody to to just be Him and them, you know. And uh, and that's kind of what the what the what the track sort of conveys, hopefully. Uh, well, Matt, thank you, thank you very much for taking time out to talk to me this morning. I'm going to Not play. at all. And can we just encourage all of you who are listening at the moment? Now, you, you, I know it's a busy day, busy, busy Wednesday, busy Sunday. If you're listening to the program on Sunday, but why don't you just stop what you're doing uh, and and let this music uh, waft over you? More importantly, let the Holy Spirit uh, minister to your mm-hmm. own heart and soul yeah. uh, as you yeah. as, as you listen to it. Brilliant. Thank you, Matt.
wonderful opportunity just to sit quietly uh, in God's presence and let the let the music sort of waft uh, over you, uh, as it were. That comes from an album called The Tithe Barn Sessions by Matthew Paul, who I just spoke to a moment or two ago. And uh, there are eight pieces on it, so if, if you want to get a hold of that, uh, then I can certainly put you in touch uh, with with Matthew. You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. And my focus today is on the Catch the Fire Church over in Bournemouth, and that is currently pastored uh, by uh, Louis Messe. Good morning to you, Louis. Good morning. Thanks, Blair. Yeah. Now, obviously, you probably, I don't know whether you've been able to listen to what has gone before and we're talking to David Richards, but I, yeah. I think whenever whenever we first spoke, I think you said you were about 12. <laughs> during, That's correct. So, <laughs> so, so you, you will have no memory at all of those. Uh, uh, brilliant. Yeah. So where... where yeah, did, no, you're right, exactly. Uh, so when, when I heard Dave reference it, or you referenced it earlier on, back in 94, when when everything was kicking off there in Toronto and, you know, you had the outpouring and the Father's blessing and all of that stuff, and which, you know, is our heritage. And many people, you know, like you've, you've been explaining, it went around the globe and m- many people were influenced by that. But, yeah, when we were talking previously, you know, I was obviously 12 years old <laughs> in 94 and so didn't really have a handle on it in a sense. I was on the periphery and so experienced it. It, uh, well, maybe later in my later teens, to be honest, that was my first taste as I came into the church that that was really rolling around and all that stuff. <laughs> well, rolling around is a good term, actually. So, <laughs> so, so when 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 did you then uh, connect with the, with the whole uh, catch the fire movement? Yeah, well, I was fortunate enough, really blessed to grow up, really, especially in my late teens, in uh, the church up in Shaftesbury, which which Dave mentioned um, about how he would go there, and they, him, he and Adele would visit there during the early years, um, because the anointing, the outpouring really came there, and that's just through Clive and Sue Jackson, and I was mega blessed. Uh, the church is now called Father's House, and we're still very connected with them, and, and uh, you know, particularly i'm very blessed because i married clive's daughter so you know i owe him i owe many things (laughs) but um uh so me and beth we we then um were in in that church and a part of it and very influenced through everything that happened with that outpouring and and moving in the things of the spirit and and intimacy with the father and um and then eventually we 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 after we were married uh we got married in 2003 and then you know, years go by, kids start coming, and, and that was great. And we were working and doing stuff and doing things in the church. And then uh, that was in the 2007, 2008, somewhere like that. Beth got quite involved with uh, the Catch the Fire teams. She would go into Europe, and she led some worship out in Germany with, and got connected with Duncan and Kate Smith. And so really our connection became with Duncan and Kate Smith, and we ended up going out to their church in Raleigh in North Carolina for a year in 2013 into 2014. Um, we gave everything up, sold our house, just threw our lot in and said, Lord, we believe you're calling us to, to do this. And so me and Beth and three of our kids at that time, we only had three, um, went and moved to North Carolina, and that's really where we engaged with 
catch the fire in a, in a more full-on sort of a way. So obviously we heard from Dave that he went through sort of a ministry school and all of that. So yeah. were, were you doing the same with Duncan and Kate um, or, or was it slightly different for you? Yeah, so it's slightly different. Out there they were running uh, a two-year school which they called the School of Revival. Um, but it had, would have had similar content uh, um, in terms of a lot about the heart healing, about intimacy with the Father, um, about yeah, sort of uh, healing up uh, inside uh, in order to be able to minister in the Spirit, hopefully from a place of, you know, security in Him, and, and we're all on that journey. But uh, we, we learned, yeah, that was really, and then the, the thrust maybe a bit more towards uh, ministry and church planting. But we actually only lasted a, a few um, a few months, really, 10 months out there, and then we had another surprise pregnancy, <laughs> which was a glorious thing, um, but we ended up having getting effectively getting booted out of the, of America because of problems with our visa, and then we we came back to the UK in 2014, and then within a few weeks we had moved to Bournemouth and were helping Dave and Adele plant the church. So tell us a story about about your actual move because I mean obviously, I mean, God has these. Wonderful ways of, surpri- of surprising us, <laughs> yeah. you know. And you have a, a new child, as you say, praise the Lord. Uh, but but would you have thought that God's actual plan was to take on, uh, you know, with, with a team of Catch the Fire Bournemouth, the leadership of the church? Yeah, I know. And it wasn't really on our radar, particularly. We, we had gone um, out to America knowing that we were, we, we wanted to give ourselves more fully to what God was calling us to, and we didn't know exactly what that looked like, um, and we didn't we didn't particularly have in mind that we would we would lead a church or, or become pastors as such. But we, um, when that's the way the Lord works, isn't it? He He does these mysterious things, and He and He and He's he, yeah that He uses circumstances and he, and He uses His providence, and and we ended up uh, you know I had listening it was great listening to Dave sharing his story earlier on and how he ends up in these places of having lost everything and seemingly time and again that seems to be the the way the lord works is he does reduce us down to uh you know even now in this season we're in we, we're reduced to very much exposed to ourselves we're left with ourselves a lot of the time and, and the lord does something in those moments we came back from america in 2014 and we had we had not really anything we had our children we had each other we had the lord and we had supportive family and we were blessed in many ways but really we had stopped our life and put everything on hold and so then to come down to bournemouth we were just feeling our way with the lord in it we, we went to a few other places but when we came down here and met up with dave and adele um we we just felt the lord was on it and the peace of god was on it and uh we connected with them, and we love Dave and Adele so much, and we're so you know grateful to be part of the team with them. And um, it just went from there, really. And before long, yeah, within a number of weeks, we we just decided, yep, and we threw our lot in, and and then the Lord had called us into this ministry, and eventually that became my full time job. Beth is also one of the pastors um, at the church, and she she does it. Uh, as well so we're both in ministry and uh it's a great journey <laughs> <laughs> absolutely this is hope fm
We're talking about a a church that started with a father's blessing uh, and, of course, is still a blessing to to its members and to those uh, who work in partnership with it in in many, many different ways. Well, I'm pleased to be joined now uh, by Julia Huband. Good morning to you, Julia. Morning. Now, Morning you, there. you also find yourself uh, in in Toronto. What, what what took you there? Um, it's uh, it's a lovely story of God's guidance, really. Um, I um, I was about eighteen um, when I was going through a transition season with um, school and uni, and I realised that basically, if I uh, if, if everything I was doing on a daily basis um, would have been taken away from me, I, I didn't really know who I was. Um, so my identity was very much in what I was doing. Um, and I remember going to uni one day, and God just clearly told me, um, "Just go to go to a school of ministry, go to Canada. That's the next step." So I um, stopped going to uni. I just dropped off everything and. And went to Canada. So that was a that was a school. Was it a four month school for you as well? Yes, so it is the five months, um, and I did the heart module, which is the the first um, module. Um, yeah, so it was. 2014. Mm. So as you look back on those, those those wonderful and challenging days as well, Julia, how, mm. how did the whole experience impact your life? Oh, it, it completely changed my life, um, absolutely. I mean, I, there's nothing I regret um, about it. Um, it really grounded me um, in my identity and in my, you know, intimacy with God. I, I found out who I was and who God was as a father. Um, and I, you know, without that foundation, um, I wouldn't be where I where I am now and I wouldn't know God in such a personal way. So I'm, I've been completely changed by it. Definitely, because one of the one of the, the I mean one of the core values, of course, of of Catch the Fire is is intimacy with God, and I guess a lot of people would just so long to be able to say I have uh, intimacy with God. As you look back on your own journey, you know your Christian your Christian journey. I mean, um, are you are you amazed at just how possible it is to have an intimate relationship with a with a God who created the heaven and the earth? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and I I feel like we, um, we believe and we always think that it's so hard, and you know you must do all these things and you must clean yourself off from all the junk and everything before you come to God, and and actually, um, that's that's wrong. You know, we we are always with God. God is always with us, and we can come to Him, um, any time, and He just loves for us to spend time with Him. Uh, regardless of what it looks like, it, it looks like you know looks different from for everybody. Um, but the the knowledge of being loved by a God who's constantly by your side that you can you know um, you can access His presence um, anytime, anywhere. It's uh, it's liberating, really, mm-hmm. and it's so it, it gives you such a sense of security that you're never alone. Um, and it's a lot easier and a lot simpler that than than what we believe, really. Of course, like like Matt, who we spoke to a wee bit earlier on, you, you and your husband uh, Chris are on the the worship 
team. So I guess uh, you know, leading people in, into the, the presence of God through worship is, is one of the things you do. But of course, your main, your main role, of course, now is looking after the, the children and, and young people. That must be quite a challenge. Yeah, yeah. We look after the youth um, together with, um, with Hannah. So it's the, it's the three of us and we have great fun. Um, you know, the, that's what the youth want and need is to, to know that uh, life is fun, life with God is fun, um, but also that they are called to higher things. And we are seeing, you know, unbelievable, uh, amazing things, amazing testimonies of the youth having words from God, visions. Um, and it, it's beautiful to see them go from the transition, you know, transition from um, going to church and believing in God uh, because maybe it's what they've been taught as kids that that's what you do and um, what your parents do, so you just follow in your parents' footsteps and now they're at the age where they're questioning it and they're, they're, you know, they need somebody who can tell them actually that it's your own faith and it's your own um, journey with God and um, it's beautiful to see them step into this journey with a new uh, knowledge of actually this is who I am and I choose to do it and, and finding God for themselves. Mm. Uh, well, thank you so much for, for joining me. We'll have to get you back on the programme. In fact, when we get lockdown out of the way, you can bring some of those young people with you onto the programme yeah. <laughs> and we can talk to them about their experiences. I really look forward uh, to that. This is Hope FM. Of course, the last word uh, as we uh, focus on Catch the Fire Church in Bournemouth today goes, of course, to its pastor, to, to, to Louis. Uh, Louis, uh, if I had gone to, uh, to, to the church before, before lockdown, uh, what, 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 would I've, what would I have experienced? <laughs> um, well, we, I think you would have hopefully been warmly received um, by a, we've got a great community of people in the church who are full of love and, and we worship, we give ourselves to worship, we really prioritize um, experiencing the presence of God, encountering Him. Um, and so we do give a lot of our time to worship um, and to allowing the Spirit to move and to seeing, you know, the prophetic gift used. And um, so that really would be... Our, and, then, and then we'll preach, and uh, we, we love the Scriptures. Personally, I myself love the Scriptures, and we, we preach it um, re- every, every Sunday. We would preach just like every other regular church. And uh, we, you know... In that sense, there wouldn't have been a lot different to many other churches around. And, and I think um, maybe the, the distinctive that we have in, in terms of what we want to offer to people is this opportunity to encounter God, encounter the presence of God. And that really is one of the key marking features, if you like, of Catch the Fire around the globe, but, but also Catch the Fire here in Bournemouth is prioritizing that that opportunity to encounter God's presence and that may be through that's why I'm so glad we were able to get Matt on today with his soaking album and just the priority of encountering him through worship through music through prayer through study of the scriptures through encountering him in our own time but also through the gathered experience which we're obviously not able to do at the moment and we miss it but um, that 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 the gathering together 
corporately to worship together and and sing and and experience him together and bless one another pray for one another well we've seen many moves of god and of course the father's blessing was one among among many blessings but nevertheless it was a blessing that led to the birth of the of the church that you're you're part of as yeah. we as we go forward, I mean, Dave says I have to interview him in five years' time just to look back and see you know what the future holds. But what what do you feel if 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 I ask you what are you feeling in your heart and your spirit uh, as we go through these days and look to the future? What would mm. that, what would that be? Yeah, I believe that, like Dave, you know, we we will we'll see what the fruit is and what the Lord's doing. But we're I'm excited. I'm personally very excited about what the Lord is doing. Um, I see him. Obviously, me and Beth being pastors, we see what the Lord is doing in people, um, and it's exciting. God is moving. People are encountering God in new and very deep ways in, in this season, and I think that that is. The, what the Lord is up to, I believe I felt it in my own life personally, um, having some deeper, quite intense encounters with God, um, often spurred off of reading the scriptures and, and spending time with him that way. But it works differently for many people. But I think that's that's the way, that's what's the opportunity, the grace in this season to go deeper, to go further, to lean in more. And I think ultimately out of that, I think that's why I'm so glad you played the blessing today, because out of that comes this outward-looking focus of the church, which is we're here to be a blessing to the world around us. And the line in that song about he is for you, he is for you, God is for you. I mean, that's the message, isn't it? That is the good news of the gospel that God so loved the world, he gave his only son. You know, that we can't ever forget that, of course, we want to encounter God, we want to grow, we want to be healed, and we, we want to, but we want to see the world transformed by the kingdom coming, by the good news of Jesus being declared. And, and that comes out of us from a place of encountering him. And, and that really is my hope for the future. And, and I believe that's what the Lord's in the business of doing. For more inspirational interviews, podcasts, and Hope FM best bits, visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again.